The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Dan Beckett. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery on Unity Online Radio. We are glad you're with us today. I am Reverend Dan Beckett, here with co-host Reverend Michelle Vargas. Together, we share ways that spirituality and addiction recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your own recovery journey. Facebook users, you can send us your questions and comments anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the send message button right below the banner. Be assured that your anonymity will always be respected. And please let us know what's on your mind. We'd love to hear from you. Today's show is titled, We Admitted We Were Powerless. 12-step wisdom teaches that we are powerless, powerless over our addiction. But does that mean we're powerless over everything? Certainly over the behavior or substance that brought us into recovery, but what about the rest of life? Today, we want to share our experience, strength, and hope on practical ways you can move from powerlessness to balanced living through the spiritual power of dominion. We want to share with you what we were like before, what happened, and what we are like now, along with a spiritual tool or principle that helped guide us through the tough times. We hope you'll find something in our experience that will be helpful to you in your own recovery journey. Today, we're going to be talking about moving from that powerlessness that we're going to be talking about into balanced living through the power of dominion. So I think about what does powerlessness look like for me. It's a, I have to understand it as a pretty broad question, but the uh, sort of literal, obvious powerlessness over alcohol was things like uh, <clears throat> I could not seem to decide even if I was going to drink or not. I was drinking whether I wanted to or not. I literally lost the power of choice. That's probably the best way to put it. Addiction has been defined as the loss of the uh, ability to choose. And I absolutely lost uh, my ability to choose whether I drank or not. And then uh, how much I drank when I did, which was all the time. So powerlessness, that's the, that's the low-hanging fruit on that. That's the easy one. That's the obvious one. Powerless over alcohol um, before I got into recovery. 
Yeah, I like that you said that uh, addiction is is having lost the power to choose. And um, I find that recovery, and of course we'll be talking more about this later, but recovery involves recovering the op- the ability to choose, not just in regards to our addiction, but everything in life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so uh, as regards the addiction to the actual substance, yeah, I, I, you know, I hadn't gotten as far down the path, obviously, so I didn't experience it really to that extent, but what I did, so I wasn't, I don't know that I was already powerless over whether or not to begin drinking, but once I started, we were just talking about this, once I started drinking, then I lost the ability to stop basically game on it's on it's on <laughs> and if it was saint patrick's day even better because <laughs> right. you're supposed to drink a lot yes and there's green beer down. which is just special and all that yeah absolutely i love how we have these like sort of made up cultural holidays that are really just excuses to get drunk you know That's right. <laughs> But yeah, certainly once I decided, once I made that choice to start drinking, then um, there wasn't a whole lot of choice making going on after that. It sort of was going to follow a a pretty well-known trajectory at that point. (laughs) I'll I'll leave the gory details to your imagination. But um, but so, yeah, powerless over the substance. but, and like I said, we'll talk more about this, but I, I think that there's a powerlessness that comes from not not living in a mindful, aware state. And that, to me, has ultimately been the more important thing to recover or to develop, really, because I don't know that I ever really had it. But um, becoming self-aware and becoming living in a mindful and intentional way has allowed me to recover the ability to choose in lots of areas in my life rather than just going through life on autopilot and not being really, I think we talked about this a lot. I think it was last week when we were talking about, you know, just finding ourselves in situations and in relationships and stuff. Like, how did I even get here? There was not a conscious choosing going on. It was just like, well, I guess this is what we're doing now, you know? here. Yeah, like a a tragic abdication of self, you know, awareness and and a and of choosing of making mindful choices in life. It was just like kind of going wherever life knocked me around. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, we used to have that um, that that joke. Nobody goes to Denny's. You end up at Denny's. Right. Kind of of like that. And actually, a lot of people that drink end up at Denny's after the bar closes. I'm I'm actually uncool enough now that I sometimes actually do go to Denny's. (laughs) I like Denny's. But that's because I live in a really lame town where there's nothing open after about eight or nine o'clock at night. And sometimes Denny's is your only option. Yeah. It's actually gotten quite a bit better, though. It's not your mama's Denny's. That's right. It's (laughs) new Denny's. So one thing that um, I'm remembering is that uh, powerlessness. So I'm, I'm going to put this under powerlessness. I don't know if it fits or not, but I had a tremendous amount of denial, which to me showed up as basically a lack of awareness of how big my problem had become. 
right. with alcohol. And that really got driven home, or I, I began to really see it when um, I kind of hit bottom and was talking to an addiction counselor about maybe getting into treatment. And I, and I was still drinking at that time. And I said, well, you know, I know that I drink too much, but, you know, I don't think I've got to go to rehab or anything like I that. I mean, let's or, not be ridiculous. <laughs> or detox. That's what I meant to say. I don't think, I don't need to go to detox. Oh, yeah. And so she said, well, how much do you drink? And I told her, and she said, you need to go to detox. Mm. There was no question about it. I was not in any gray area. I was absolutely... My health and safety depended on me detoxing from alcohol safely in a hospital. I was like, oh, crap. I didn't realize that yeah. I was that far gone. But she was absolutely right. I, you know, we talk about denial or lack of awareness is another way to put it. Mm -hmm. I had no idea how bad things had really gotten. Yeah. You know, I put it, I put it on, well, on a scale from one to ten, I'm probably a six. No, dude, I was 11 on a scale of 1 to 10 with my yeah. drinking problem. You know, I think that addicts um, of all types, we have an incredible ability to um, ignore just how bad things have gotten <laughs> in various aspects of our life, you know. Uh, and we get used to living with a lot of crazy, a lot of drama and a lot of um, just craziness. We seem to have a very high tolerance for that. Um, and of course, the longer we go on behaving that way, the higher our tolerance for that gets, you know, for me, and I've said this many times on this program, it was relationship stuff. I had an incredibly high tolerance for relationship chaos and drama and just all manner of horribleness, you know, and anybody else would have walked away ages ago, but I could hang in there and just tolerate all kinds of nonsense. And, um, you know, and I was thinking, we were talking about awareness. I, I didn't want to be aware. That's the whole reason I drank. You know, I didn't want to be mindful because being mindful and making intentional choices would mean that I had to be responsible for myself. I didn't want to be. I wanted to be unaware and I wanted to be not responsible for things. And I, again, so many things, so many aspects of addictive behavior, I think, are trauma responses. I think that if we grew up with trauma and chaos in our childhoods, that, again, that significantly raises what what a normal level of crazy is for us. You know what I mean? If, like, if I grew up with a lot of drama, a lot of emotional family, you know, chaos and drama, then... I'm going to have a very high tolerance for that. So what somebody else would find totally intolerable for me is like, you know, no biggie. This is normal to me. So, um, yeah, I didn't want to be aware. I didn't want to be making conscious choices. I was used to just sort of being in um, triage mode all the time, like just always sort of trying to... Uh, always trying to manage the chaos that was going on you know a lot of it of my own creation obviously in my personal life but um if i could spend all my time just managing the chaos i had created then i never had to get out of that and get to a higher level of looking at what was going on do you know what i mean that kept me busy all the time <laughs> yes well you know living and making responsible choices is also very boring 
Yeah, that's well, true. To me, I mean, <laughs> how boring is that? Why would I want to do that? That's boring. That's what boring people do. Yeah. You know, I'm unique and, and special and adventurous, at least. Yeah. If adventure means drinking a lot, then I'm very adventurous. Yeah. You know, I had a growing sense of dread. That's another way that, that things started to show up for me near the end of my drinking career. Just this, just this generalized growing sense of dread. I mean, I I, I get where we uh, alcoholics can get downright paranoid and slip into psychosis and seeing things that aren't there and all of that. I mean, I just had one itty-bitty thread of that possibility in what I'm calling a growing sense of dread or, or doom, a sense of impending doom like... I remember um, very near the end of my drinking career, thank goodness, just walking down the street during the day in my little southern town where I lived and being like genuinely concerned that I was going to get jumped. Okay, that's, that is insane. There is no, the chance of that happening where I was is zero. That is not going to happen. Yeah. Yet there I was, wanted to look over my shoulder. I've yeah. never been like that before. That's how sick I got yeah. with my drinking. That's how the, my, the extent of my powerlessness, of losing power over my ability to, to um, you know, my relationship with reality is starting to chip away a little bit. Yeah. That yeah, yeah. scared me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's interesting how we, we, uh, we try to exert power over things that, we really don't have power over. So, you know, in addition to our addiction, we learn in recovery that we are powerless over people, places, and things, meaning we aren't controlling the universe, you know? And so many of us, I know I was uh, trying to, trying very hard to control uh, what was in my sphere, you know, trying to control my own life, trying to control how others, um, you know, were responding to me and such. And, um, and so that's, that's another, that's sort of a good kind of powerlessness that we learn about in recovery that we don't have to be, that we really, we, you know, this illusion that we can control things, it's an illusion anyway, and we can gain so much peace by giving up that control and allowing ourselves to be powerless over other people, um, places and things. Well, We've talked a lot about powerlessness. Let's uh, move out of the problem and into the solution. As we always like to do, we know it's important to tell our story, to tell the truth, but then to move into um, a healthy path, a, a path of growth and healing. So what is the solution? Well, in unity, we affirm that all of life is governed by spiritual principles. And the spiritual principle that we have found helpful in moving out of that powerlessness and moving into balanced living is the power of dominion. Now, the power of dominion, also known as the power of power, which I think is really confusing, so I don't <laughs> use that. The power of dominion is described as self-mastery and spiritual presence and that is what we want to focus on today but what does this look like in real life self-mastery and spiritual presence seem like odd and lofty terms what might they mean to us in day-to-day -day life what is this power of dominion yes 
So self-mastery. So what I've learned is that self-mastery begins with self-awareness. Now, if you're like me, the last thing I wanted to be was self-aware. I mean, it's kind of the opposite of using drugs and alcohol, right? I was using alcohol because I didn't want to be self-aware. I wanted to be anything but self-aware. I wanted to be numb and checked out. Um, so, you know, I, it takes time. It took me a lot of time before I really could even, you know, of course, the self-awareness starts to creep in when you remove the intoxication, right? But there, there, <laughs> as I found, there are many other ways to continue to be as blissfully self-unaware as possible, <laughs> right? So I could do lots of other things to um, continue to be self-unaware. Um, and so it took, it took time and sobriety for me to get to the point where I could start to become comfortable with a certain level of self-awareness. Now I'm extremely comfortable with it. And self-awareness is like the whole name of the game for me. You know, I, I used to be moving through the world sort of very unaware of myself. And um, now it is my intention to be as self-aware as possible. You know, um, isn't one of our... Uh, one of our little slogans, know thyself, right? Or something like that. So, you know, it, it is a process of learning about ourselves and becoming self-aware. So uh, it just occurred to me, this power of dominion, we could see that, especially uh, it makes sense to me now in an addiction context is the power to choose. You know, we yeah. talk about as the loss of the power to choose. Um, that doesn't, you know, I have my, my mind has not lost its ability to make decisions, but I have lost the power to choose whether I drink or not, because that was mm -hmm. my addiction. Mm -hmm. So I think the power of dominion uh, might be able to consider it as regaining the power to choose, or it is the power to choose. Now, we have another power in unity called the power of will, and the power of will is defined as the ability to choose, lead, and decide but I believe the power of dominion is the power to use the power of will. It's almost mm -hmm. like dominion is almost like our ability to use all the rest of these things in concert mm -hmm. to apply, if you will. So that's helpful to me. Like dominion, um, meaning like power over my thoughts and feelings or ability to navigate them at least which in you know addiction i certainly was not very adept at and maybe that's even one of the reasons that i went down the path of addiction i don't know but yeah. the power to you know we we talk about meditation we talk about choose your thoughts we we talk about prayer as um a means to kind of commune with the divine within, see what's going on in my head. Mindfulness is a matter of noticing what is happening, you know, within me. Yeah. And so I think dominion, it feels like it just kind of extends that, uh, bringing me to a place where I can use the power of will to make good choices, coupled with the power of strength to keep making good choices, for example. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like I say, it for me, and I think this is true, it, it really all begins with self-awareness, you know. Um, and I I was talking about not wanting to be self-aware. And I think 
I didn't want to be self-aware because it was too painful, right? I had so much crap and was so shame-based and, uh, you know, just didn't, I didn't want to be present. I didn't want to be present to myself or to my life or to anything really. And so, um, you know, when I got sober, I couldn't just like all of a sudden I'm going to be present because the alcohol was gone, but all the crap that made me drink in the first place was absolutely still there. I'm very sorry to say, (laughs) but I could begin to work with it. Right. Um, but it was, it was too painful at the beginning to be, um, very self-aware and very, um, because if I, if I thought, if I tried to be self-aware, it was immediately, um, you know, would, I would feel shame and, I had a lot of self-loathing, a lot of self, you know, self-criticalness, criticism, self, um, yeah, just self-loathing, really. Um, And so I had to start to clear some of that away, and I'm still in that process many, many years later, because it's a lifetime process, but I had to start to clear enough of that away that I could feel good enough about myself that I would even want to be aware of myself. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And that was a process, you know, it was like the longer I stayed sober and, um, you know, worked on myself and did therapy and worked the steps and started to clear away all the crap, the more I could be present to myself, the more I could become self-aware. So the things really go together for me. And it continues to be true. The, The level at which I feel okay with myself, comfortable in my own skin, as we talk about a lot in recovery, is the level to which I can be present to myself. You know, if I'm trying to check out, and there's lots of other ways to check out besides alcohol, if I'm trying to check out, it's because there's something in me that I don't want to feel because it's too painful. So this idea that I'm just going to like rip off the bandaid and feel it, I don't advise that, you know, to me, that's a a signal that there's something underneath there that I still need to heal, that I still need to clear away. When the pain of that starts to be cleared away, then I can become more self-aware. So I can't even think about self-mastery until I've learned to become present with myself and become comfortable in my own skin so that I can even look at the stuff long enough to try to master it, you know? Yeah, self-mastery is sort of where we're headed with all of this. Yeah, exactly. Nothing I need to be concerned about um, in the beginning, for sure. Yeah. Um, Because if it it is, and it does seem to me it's... It's the ability to use all these skills in concert to lead a healthy and balanced life. That's mm-hmm. where we're all headed. But yeah. in the beginning, I'm like you. I, I've got to just, for A, quit drinking, number one, and yeah. then stay quit drinking long enough to see what on earth is going on, with, going me, on with me you know, in the recovery process and then begin to see what my work is. Yeah. Right, And that's, that's ongoing. Yeah. I thought of an example perhaps, of um, how I can use the power of dominion in a skillful way. It's when I choose not to spend money irresponsibly. Mm. I'm using the power of dominion to Mm. make that choice. Now, the ability to make a choice, that's the power of will. But to make that choice, the choice Mm -hmm. not to spend my money uh, irresponsibly. Or... Um, to not get in, get sucked into a conflict with someone else 
who I find challenging or someone that I see things differently. Yeah. You know, the ability to uh, avoid personalizing it or, you know, getting into a, um, you know, a conflict with someone over something rather than just um, what I would think of more of taking the high road, which is seeking to understand, right? That's one of Stephen Covey's principles, seek first to understand. If I can seek first to understand, I'm applying the power of dominion to get myself to where I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. So once we've started moving into skillfully using this power, what it looks like or what it can look like for me is um, is self-regulation, being able to regulate myself. Um, I learned a lot of this in seminary, by the way. We had a lot of classes on self-awareness in seminary. It was a really big theme, and I'm really grateful for that because um, I, you know, made very a lot of progress during that time. A lot of stuff got cleared away for me. Well, a lot of stuff I cleared away with very hard work. It didn't just get cleared away, but, um, you know, self-regulation. So that means, you know, the ability to manage how I'm responding to something. You know, I used to just fly off the handle, and I can still do that sometimes. I am not, you know, I'm not perfect by any stretch. But even being aware that I'm doing it is so much progress, you know, because I used to be so unaware. Um, But having the ability to check in and say, what's going on with me here? You know, how am I, how am I responding to this situation? Why am I responding? And ability to bring a sort of clear headed presence to it, you know, and see what was going on. Before it was always like, well, the other person is the person that is making me act like this. You know, it's there. What they're doing is causing this whole situation. So self-awareness and self-mastery and this this ability to use this power of dominion. You know, the really the only thing I really want dominion over now is myself. Really, that's enough for me. I don't need to have dominion. I don't even have dominion over my household. You know, just myself is enough for me. I got cats. You don't have dominion over them. (laughs) And we don't have dominion over anybody else really at all, but ourselves. So the ability to check in and see what's going on with me. Why am I responding like this? What is really happening here? And how can I manage it better? You know, how can I, how can I give myself what I'm needing in that moment Um, so that I can respond in a better way, so that I'm not just always in reaction mode all the time, you know. Um, And that involves being present, being aware, being present with myself to be able to even see what am I feeling? Why am I feeling this way? Why am I acting this way? Can I manage this? Can I choose to act a different way? Can I take care of these feelings in a healthy way so that I'm not just throwing them out on everyone? Yes, and I, I found my ability to do this increases as I get better at boundaries, and maybe we'll talk about that yeah. after the show. But let's hold that thought because it is time for a short break, and when we come back, we'll continue the conversation. We hope that you'll stay with us. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. 
Yes, welcome back. We are glad you're with us today. If you're just joining us, my name is Reverend Dan Beckett here with co-host Reverend Michelle Vargas. We'll resume our discussion in a moment, but first we want to remind you that you can send us your questions and feedback anytime during the week from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Message us from there and let us know what's on your mind. Prior to the break, we were discussing powerlessness, and then we moved into talking about the power of dominion, which is one of the 12 powers. So let's talk about now how we use the power of dominion to move into balanced living. So I'm, I'm, I'm really going with this understanding of the power of dominion as the power that sort of brings everything together. And I had a teacher uh, some time ago that said that my life will really start to work when I get on purpose with my life in alignment with spiritual principles. That's a very broad statement, but I think it's the power of dominion that allows me to get on purpose with my life in alignment with spiritual principles in a broad way. So one thing that I have learned and continue to do, I would just call it, I guess, one skill that I need in order to um, get on purpose with my life in alignment with spiritual principles is the ability of seeking guidance, mm-hmm. right? So we talk about, we use that phrase, seeking guidance, uh, meaning to um, take some time apart, take a breath, take some quiet time, notice what's transpiring within and listen for that, you know, what in the scripture had been called the still small voice of God, which I love that description because I find it very much um, an apt characterization if you will that 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 divine presence that is within me is always there always available but i'm almost always drowning it out with whatever's going on you know in my my thinking self my constructed sense of who i am and what the world is occupies the bulk of my experience and so by seeking guidance is one way that i remember to return to that which calls is one way I've come to think of it. The I, I experience the presence of the spirit within me calling to me in a sense, mm-hmm. um, helping me discern what is good and right for me in any given moment, helping me discern mm-hmm. what might be the next step for um, my highest good and the highest good of all involved. And so I can I use the power of dominion to um, be willing to take the time to turn within, seek guidance, and then act on that guidance. Mm-hmm. That's, one That's one way that dominion is helping. Yep, what a wonderful use of our power of dominion, to use that power of dominion to seek guidance whether that be inner guidance, uh, guidance from God, from, you know, the divine mind, or even guidance from other people. So I know that early in my recovery, my ability to sort of like sit quietly and meditate and hear an inner voice was not very well developed. You know, there was a lot of noise. So I had a really hard time discerning, you know, what was, what was that inner voice? I hadn't, you know, I hadn't learned to trust it. I hadn't learned to hear it. I hadn't learned to discern it or feel it. So in my early recovery, seeking guidance, although I did 
you know, pray and ask for spiritual guidance, but it also meant seeking guidance from trusted others, right? But always using that power of discernment um, within to know whether I wanted to follow that guidance or not. You know, I'm not someone that believes in just divine, uh, divinely, um, what am I trying to say? Blindly, blindly following what others tell me, even in recovery, because recovery, you know, programs are made up of human beings who are fallible. And um, so we don't want to just like do everything that someone else tells us is the thing to do because, you know, it's like the blind leading the blind, right? It reminds me of the old, um, was it a gum commercial? Four out of five drunk surveyed suggest you do this. I'm like, all right, if four out of five (laughs) drunk suggested, maybe I'll do it. Yeah, and, you know, I found in recovery that there's a lot of people wanting to tell other people what to do, and there's a lot of, you know, you should do this and you should do that, and, you know, there's a certain amount of it that we definitely need to listen to because we don't really have a better idea at that point, um, but I think that always checking uh, checking within whether the guidance that we receive from others feels right to us, not whether we want to do it or not, because there were things that were told to me that I definitely didn't want to do. And, you know, we're not going to get this right all the time. This takes time to really to begin to discern, okay, is this really not feeling right because it's not right for me? Or am I just sort of creating that sensation because I don't want to do it? You know, and when we're new in sobriety or in recovery, it can be really hard to discern all of that. So we just have to do the best that we can. But knowing that as we walk this path and as we stay um, on the path of recovery, our ability to discern all of this gets better and better and better. So, um, you know, the guidance that I get now, I have a real clear sense often of whether it's, even if it's somebody that I love and respect, that doesn't mean that everything they tell me is right. You know, so it's uh, learning to discern um, what is ultimately right for us and learning to develop that inner awareness and that being in touch with ourselves enough to know what feels right within, you know, and begin to be able to follow um, that guidance that we get from God, from a uh, source, um, you know, those nudgings that we get, uh, that inner knowing that develops more and more the longer we um, stay on this path. Um, and and knowing what it, knowing what is ours to do and what is right for us it takes time to develop that. Takes practice. It really yeah, does. Absolutely, and hence the term spiritual practice. Yeah. And one spiritual practice that helps me uh, move into balanced living that is an application of the power of dominion is prayer in general. I talked about seeking guidance. To me, seeking guidance is a particular application of prayer. Right. But I'm thinking of prayer most broadly. Like if I'm if I'm turning within with a particular question on my mind or curiosity about possibilities or a path forward, I would call that seeking guidance, which right. is a form of prayer. I can also turn within in prayer in general. I don't have a goal. You know, I'm I'm not, I don't have an open question in mind. I am just uh, checking in to see what's going on, Mm -hmm. to show up, if you will, to show up and be quiet and be willing to listen and to notice Mm -hmm. what's happening. This, you know, pretty much describes a mindfulness 
meditation, we might call it. To me, prayer is very similar to a mindfulness meditation. It's me just showing up to notice what all is going on. And it changes things. It changes my perspective. It changes my uh, view and my understanding of what it is that's happening. It helps me to get out of my thinking head, which is a very useful thing to have, and I need it. But I don't want to spend all my time there. I, I Hopefully, my thinking head is guided by the divine presence within me. So I am always um, kind of continually taking time to return to that divine presence in what I would call a prayer practice. So uh, my simplest definition of that, if you're wondering what do you mean by prayer, what I mean by prayer is sitting quietly, um, noticing, maybe focusing on my breath and just noticing everything that's transpiring within me. I'm not trying to control my thoughts. I'm not trying to change my breathing. I'm not trying to achieve anything. I'm just showing up to notice what's happening. And simply that alone, which seems like a really weak and odd thing to do, is actually very powerful it practice. Is. Uh, and when I do it, um, I just naturally balance. It feels like, you know, balance begins to show up in my experience. Yeah, you know, we call it practicing the presence, right? And it really is. It's practicing the presence of God, but it's practicing our own presence, being present with ourselves. And when we're present is when we experience the presence of God, because that's where God exists is in that awareness and in that now moment. Um, absolutely. I love um, keeping it simple when it comes to prayer and meditation. You know, we tend to make things a lot more complicated than they need to be. So uh, keeping it simple and absolutely, you know, early in recovery, it was more about prayer for me, talking to God, you know, whatever, talking through things, saying some of the prayers that we use in recovery. And there's nothing wrong with any of those things. And I still use them today. Today, it's a lot more about meditation for me. But that, you know, that's over a period of many, many years. Um, early in recovery, I did a lot of turning it over. We talk about turn it over, you know, and that's our um, our third step is turning our will and our lives over to the care of God. So there's, there's sort of a, a paradox that goes on here when we talk about powerlessness. Um, it's like as it's very hard to even describe, but as we come to terms with our powerlessness over our substance, over our addiction, but also over other people, places, and things. In that, in that accepting of our powerlessness is where the power that we do have is returned to us. Does that make sense? In our powerlessness lies our strength, lies our power. So we have this wonderful thing called the serenity prayer, which is all about discerning what it is that we have power over and what we don't, right? So, so many of us, I know myself included, spent so much time trying to have power over things I really didn't have power over and not having power over the one thing I did have power over, which was myself and my own reactions and responses and feelings and stuff. So now it's sort of getting flipped, right? It's like, I need to realize that I'm powerless over others, other people's responses, what other people are doing, what other people think of me, all of that I'm powerless over. But what I do have power over is myself, 
or what I am learning to gain more power over, more mastery of right. itself. Practice again. I love that you're saying this because the first step is in 12 step is to acknowledge powerlessness. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I one could conclude that I'm generally powerless, but I think it's a matter of misguided. Yeah. Putting it uh, in the wrong place. At, at applying dominion, if you yeah. will, because I'm not, I'm powerless over alcohol. I like to get a little more specific when I put it in my body. I'm not mm -hmm. powerless over alcohol sitting in the in a bottle in the liquor store shelf. Right. I'm not right. powerless over that. I am powerless over alcohol the moment it enters my body. Right. I'm not powerless over, or I am powerless over people, places, and things. Like you said, that's yeah. you know getting into the um, Anon side, right? For so for AA, that'd be Al-Anon. Uh, you know, I'm powerless over people, places, and things. All right, so I'm powerless over alcohol when it's in my body. I'm powerless over, you know, what you do, what they're doing, what's happening over there. That leaves only the realm in which I actually do have some influence, as you exactly. said, which is my own behavior, beginning yes. with my own behavior. Yes. And, my, and my own inner landscape, I can begin to develop dominion over. And right. when I do that... It leads me to a balanced life. So yes. when I can apply my, um, oh, I don't know, you know, my use of the, I don't know, how do you say that? If, if I'm looking in the right place to apply my influence, yeah. then it works. If yeah. I'm trying to control alcohol, it's not going to work. If I'm trying to control you, it's not going to work. Exactly. But if I am turning that ability um, within, then I actually can start to get some traction and my life can begin to change and does it did begin to change and my life has become wonderful and uh, balanced i would say you know happy joyous and free is not an empty promise no it's not right i have found it absolutely to be the case but yeah thank you for pointing that out because it's a real it can be a sense of conflict because uh, yeah. as we we're talking about before the show in the unity movement if you're if you don't have a 12-step background, you come into the unity movement, you're hearing about how powerful you are. Yes. Well, which is not untrue. It is true. But those of us who are coming from a 12-step experience, we have a whole different relationship with power, powerlessness, yeah. and the application of That's dominion. Right. We are more nuanced, I would say. Yeah. And uh, I might even go as far to say more aware of the distinction between what we do and do not have power over. Yeah, you know, we talk a lot about how these 12 powers, right, that we have all of them and we are using all of them all the time. The question is whether we are using them skillfully or not, whether we are using them for our highest good. So we can exert power over all kinds of things. And God knows I tried to and can still sometimes try to. Um, but the, you know, recovery for me was learning to stop wasting my time trying to use that power of dominion over the world, basically over, you know, needing to control how things turned out and what happened. And now I use my power of dominion to give up my power and, and allow things to unfold around me rather than trying to force things to happen. So, um, it is a bit of, you know, uh, 
paradox, as so many high spiritual concepts are. They involve a lot of paradox. So a skillful use of the power of dominion can be a giving up of the power, a giving up of our need to control things and um, learning to allow life to unfold more effortlessly. But this goes hand in hand with our developing relationship with a higher power, right? When I'm giving up my, you know, power, I'm not doing it. I'm not giving it up into a void. I'm giving it up to a higher power, right? I'm giving up my own ego need to control and placing that power of dominion in the hands of my higher self or God or source or divine mind or insert your favorite word for that power. Um, so it's that to me, that is a skillful use of it is to um, to release some of that personal need to control and allow the universe to work through me, allow spiritual forces that I don't totally understand to work through me and allow life to come to me and allow my good to come to me rather than trying to use that power of dominion to get out there and get my good. You know, I don't have to go get my good. I don't have to go get anything. The best things that have ever come to me in my life, I didn't go and get. They came to me. So that's been a huge life lesson for me. And it doesn't mean that I don't do anything. It doesn't mean I'm just sitting here at home doing nothing, expecting the world to come to me. Right. It's more nuanced than that. You know, it's more about doing my inner work and doing my prayer work and my meditation work and clearing away all the wreckage and baggage and use stuff that no longer serves me so that the good in my life can come to me. And I've, I've learned to call that taking spiritually informed action. Mm. My favorite silly example is I don't, I can't sit on the couch in the lotus position, you know, oming and then go check the mailbox a couple times a day to see if the, my riches have arrived. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm missing some things. There's a lot that's missing. And I would characterize what's missing as uh, taking spiritually uh, informed or guided action. And I love the word allow that you're yes. using. It's perfect and beautiful description. I have found in my experience is allowing it. I've heard that described as living from the inside out. When I yeah. allow things to unfold mm -hmm. uh, from the inside out. I have um, understood prosperity principles and practices and teachings as an approach to God, kind of answering the question, you know, in the prosperity way of seeing how can I make my work, you know, my job or vocation, my relationships, my health, and my finances all wonderful? The answer is the same as what we're talking about. How can I have dominion and coordinate and live and allow my good to come, like you're saying? The answer, the short answer is God. God is the answer, whatever the question may be says Eddie Watkins Jr., and I agree. Um, and so I use this uh, power of dominion to allow that which I need to allow and to take action when I need to take action and um, create the, I would say, create the circumstances in which a wonderful life seemingly appear out of nowhere. 
Yeah, you know, I'm thinking that like earlier in my life, I thought that getting the things I wanted was a process of adding things to my life. Now I'm learning that it's a process of subtracting things. So rather than going and at, trying to add my good to my life, now I'm more focused on clearing away everything that isn't that. You know what I'm saying? Getting rid of everything that isn't my good. That yeah, then what the remains, blockage. what's that? You're clearing the blockage. Exactly. You're not going saying, where's the water? You're saying, what do I need to get out of the way? And the water just shows up. It's like that wonderful analogy about the sculptor, you know, that they asked him, how do you create this thing? Well, I chip away everything that's not it. You know, if I'm creating a statue or a horse or whatever, chip away everything that's not that. And what I'm left with is that. And so I find that it's more a process of subtracting what I don't need and what no longer serves me from my life. And then what remains is my good. It's a very different way of seeing things. You know, it's more um, our good is already here. Our good is trying to get to it. When I say our good, I mean everything good and wonderful that is our highest good, that is what the universe wants for each and every one of us is a, is a fully realized, fully fulfilled life. But what's getting in the way of that is all this other nonsense that I have built up. So as I clear that stuff away, clear away the false beliefs about myself, clear away my old wounding that I'm acting out of, um, clearing away all the things that I have invested in that are not what I really want, then what I'm left with is my good. So it's just a very, it's a, it's a, it's a more skillful use of the power of dominion rather than being out there trying to get what I think I need and want. I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent on that. That is the way to me or in my experience, I should say that is exactly the way of the spirit. I, I could go on and on and I won't. Um, I did want to share a final practice, just an idea real quick here, the serving others as a spiritual practice, being of service to others for no reason at all, other than to be of service. It helps me get out of my own way, it, which clears stuff out, which allows my good to happen. All right, so we have said a whole lot about this topic, and it's time to step way back, if we can, and see if we can find a concise way to sum it up. So if someone came to you, Reverend Michelle, and and ask this question that's a little different than what we've been talking about. It's a variation. How can I see yeah. what I might think of as the bad things that happened or happened in my life as helping me on my spiritual growth path? Yeah. Oh, gosh, I could give a whole sermon on this easily. But in a nutshell, you can come to a point in your life where you believe, where you can allow yourself to believe, and I believe this to be true, that everything that happens to us in our lives, everything that we call to us, that we attract to us, that we create in our lives is ultimately for our highest good. It might not seem like it at the time. It might not be a lot of fun. But ultimately, everything that comes to us is for our healing, our growth, our expansion, um, for us to experience more of God's good. So if you can hang on to that, then you can see the things that come to you in your life as opportunities rather than as, quote unquote, bad things. And you will come to know this over time because I can look back and see that all these bad things that I thought were such horrible things that happened to me because I used them for my good ultimately 
brought me to a better place. So um, that takes some hindsight to be able to trust that. But if you can just trust that the universe is giving you exactly what you need when you need it and go with the flow and learn everything you can and grow from it. One helpful way I've come to understand what I believe is exactly what you're talking about is is um, the the idea that I decided that these things were somehow that I can't see somehow in my best interest. How is totaling my car in my best interest? I'm not sure. When I decide that it is, and mm -hmm. guess what? It, all of a sudden it is because yeah. I decided that it is. Yes. You know, I can make seeking the good, looking for the good in everything uh, as like a game or an ongoing practice. Mm -hmm. I certainly can't declare everything that goes on in the world good, no. but I can affirm in my own experience that all the things that happen, even the things that seemed horrible or, or extremely difficult or other people might say, oh, what a tragedy. Even those things, when I decide there's good in here somewhere and I'm going to find it. Mm -hmm. What I have found is that it's extraordinarily powerful. Yeah, so absolutely. Because I decided that it's good and I looked for it. And it's a way of framing our lives and seeing the universe. You know, I believe that this is all, of, you know, biased for good. And then that's what I experience. Well, we have an affirmation for you today that can help you to put this stuff into action. And our affirmation today is this. By connecting with the divine presence within, I create the life I desire. And once again, by connecting with the divine presence within, I create the life I desire. Amen. Thus endeth the lesson. Right? <laughs> well, it's happened again. You've given yourself the gift. We hope you think of it that way of another hour listening to Spirit of Recovery. And we're grateful that you have. We sincerely hope that you have found something today in all of our sputtering that will be genuinely helpful to you in your own recovery. Thank you, Reverend Michelle, as always, for this wonderful discussion. It always helps me. Yes. And thanks to all who are listening to the podcast via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We bless you wherever you are on your recovery journey. Yes, we do. And listeners, you can always connect with us throughout the week on our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Drop us your comments and feedback. We would love to hear from you. And as always, we invite you to join us next Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central. But until then, do not, whatever you do, drink like my co-host. And uh, I echo that right on back. Do not drink like my co-host. <laughs> You'll be fine if you don't drink like either of us. <laughs> Instead, have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.